Let's get ready to rumble! Alright, hello and welcome to Netflix vs Cinema, in a week in which it might just be Netflix. Because <laughs> my name is Tosin, I am the host um, up somewhere in the Midlands. Joining me from the Isle of Wight, it is the Isle of Wight today, isn't it Sean? No, I'm actually in Bournemouth now. Okay, so in, in Bournemouth. I'm in Bournemouth at the moment. It's really yeah. hard to keep track of this man. This is, is Sean Harris. He is in Bournemouth this week. And I'm in Bournemouth you, this week. Yeah, you, you join and us. I'll be in a... Leamington Spa on Saturday. Really? Yeah. What's happening over? What's happening in Leamington Spa? Oh, I got a party. I got a party. I got to go to. So. Okay, that's like half an hour up the road from me. Alright. <laughs> yeah. So okay, but um, you catch us. If you're listening to this, you catch us in a week in which Love, Thor, Love and Thunder has been released. Well, it, it was released today pretty today. much yeah it was it was released today and that means that um as usual as has become you know you know when we started this show we thought you know what Netflix cinema that would be a great idea because we're always going to the cinema we're always watching all these things and it was one of those things that until we started the podcast it never occurred to me that there were times when all of a sudden there was nothing to watch in the cinema <laughs> it never occurred to me but now that you actually do the podcast you're like hang on there's whole weeks where Netflix is going to win because what we usually do is we usually go to the cinema, we watch a couple of things, we stay at home, we watch a couple of things on Netflix and other streaming platforms. We rate them all out of five and then we figure out at the end of the day, where was the money better spent this week? Now, and in weeks like this, you're like, well, it's going to be Netflix because there's nothing in the cinema. Because Marvel have gone to the point, you start realizing that there's all these different trends. Like when Marvel released a new film, everybody else runs scared. scared. Yeah, Marvel, Marvel released a new film and then for two weeks you have nothing new in the cinema because people are just letting them have their fun. And that is the case because Thor Love and Thunder has been released. Sean, you have seen that. I have, yes. I've seen that. Yeah, but, but uh, because I selfishly want to be part of the review when we talk about Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, for sure. Especially because of the way Marvel, Marvel have been going recently. They... They, they haven't been having as good a hit rate, rate as they did in the run-up to Endgame. So, every Marvel movie, uh, I mean, uh, my, my cousin Ty, who listens to the show, and usually what, he's, he actually refused to listen to the episode where we reviewed Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because he hadn't seen it. And then he, he saw it this last week and he was just kind of like, oh my God, I think, his, I think he was like, um, his message to me was like, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, no, just no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went back and listened to the show where we actually reviewed that uh, he went back and listened to it and it, so Marvel is a bit more polarizing nowadays it's a bit more polarizing you know me and my thoughts about the multiverse and how I hate it and so I want to be part of that review so Sean like the absolute legend that he is has agreed to hold his fire keep his powder dry and wait until next week when I would have seen that film and hopefully Holly and Sharon who are usually with us would have seen that film as well they're not there with us today so what we're going to have is instead we're just going to have a big old streaming special where we just talk about the stuff that we have that we have watched recently because the truth is if we didn't do that if we waited for cinema to release stuff we're never going to get around to all the stuff that we've seen <laughs> we're just never the, there's, there's going to be a backlog of stuff that we've seen that we haven't spoken about because oh well you know it didn't quite work so we've decided eh, no whatever we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about the stuff so 
Sean, I am going to, we're going to back and forth this thing. You take, you tell me something you've watched, you review it. I tell you something I've watched, we review it. And we'll see how we go. We might get to six things, we might get to more. I know I have down here, I have three things I definitely want to talk about and there's probably more. But let's kick off. And uh, Sean, tell me one of the things that you have seen that you would like to review this week. Okay, well, one of the things I'd like to see, which um, is, it was on Netflix, it was on Netflix. Um, and I think... Netflix's forte for me, I think, are documentaries or, or I, like, I, like, like, you know, the acting documentaries as well. Like, I, I don't know what you call them, do you? You call them like, you know, they're documentaries, but they have like a, a movie as well, like they have film. Oh, oh it. like the, the think, sort of like oh, reconstructions almost. Reconstructions, yeah, reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, th I think if you want to talk about something that Netflix does probably better than any, anybody else, it, the documentaries, Netflix documentaries are something to watch. Yeah. They, they really are. So this, um, anyway, this uh, this series, it's got six episodes, uh, about an hour long, and it was called um, Age of the Samurai, uh, Rise of Japan. So it's basically a documentary about, because Japan, pretty much in the 16th century, the 1500s, was pretty much like a feudal state, yep. I guess a bit like, so you had like, you know, it was all run by warlords and daimyos and and things like this. So this is basically when this this the final episode is when Japan actually becomes a country, if you will, it actually becomes okay. a country. So it goes through all these different warlords, and the first one is this. Uh, the the first one that comes to prominence is uh, uh, Tokugawa. I don't know the, the names. I can't remember his name now. Uh, Tokugawa, I think. But there's um he's like a big warlord, and there was another faction, and uh, this the warlord. One of the warlords dies, and he said he wanted to keep his his death secret. Yeah, because uh, um, he didn't want his son to take over. But as it was, it came out, and there was a big battle, and his son lost like his whole his whole army basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is a film. There's a film by Akira Kurosawa called Kegamusha, yes. which is okay. based. And I I think this I think that's based on the battle of I think it's called Nagashima or something like that. It's a, it was a big battle, and there's. Uh, Kegamusha, the, the um, Kurosawa film, is called Shadow Warrior. It's basically yeah. the story of um, the, the, the leader of the clans died and he's like a, a double, if you will, and takes oh, over, but then he gets yeah. fined out and then his son. So that's all based on a battle. So you've got all these rival claimants and, and each episode, you know, sort of so it starts off when there was big clashes and certain generals and clever generals reminded me very much of i read I, another era in history that i'm really interested in is a mexican revolution where yep. there's so many people that take over at different times so many warlords yeah and uh obviously there's you know there's nasty ones there's good ones there's things go bad for them things things basically well it's just it's just all wars and all conflict and, and pretty brutal some of it it's, it's it's not yeah. particularly nice. And then there's one particular warlord that manages to take control, gets allies, um, but then he makes the mistake of invading Korea to go into China and becomes a bit <laughs> so, mad. So it, it's so it's all factual. It's all factual. It's all factual, yeah. But the, the, the actual there's a lot of um a lot of scenes in it with samurai and a lot of battles and so and then that sort of intercuts with you know uh, professors and historians talking about the different leaders, different okay. types of leaders, different battles, different things. And it's just great. And I had to keep watching it. It was one of those ones I thought, I need to see how this goes. So 
I was really, really impressed with this. Totally, totally it, impressed. Uh, it's better than reading a Wikipedia page, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I mean, so it, it, with the... Uh, with the uh, with the doc, doc drama documentary, I suppose yeah, docudramas with the docudrama. Yeah, yeah, they do call them docudramas. Yeah, yeah, you get the you know you actually get the characters. So whether they were actually look like that, we don't know. But I yeah, obviously, right. if you've got the idea, you know, they, they, got they like probably one, they probably didn't dress like, like that, but they probably didn't look like that. Yeah. So, so I have to say, I was I was totally totally impressed. I thought this was really well made. Um. A lot of insight into the different different leaders, the different personalities, the different types of people, different types of samurai, um, and yeah. So it's, it's basically the history of what well, medieval Japan, I guess. Similar similar things to what happened. Reminded me a lot of. I guess we don't really know too much about that history because being from a Western Western yeah. background, or you know, we get to hear see our. Uh, European history. Well, if, if it isn't if it isn't European, we don't care. That's it. If it isn't European, so it's like you know. Whereas obviously, there's a lot in that part of the world. You know, a lot because I mean, I was amazed how you never really think about Korea, but Korea was quite a developed country. You know, and then got so. But we don't really. So this was really really good to see because I'm quite interested in that area, and I yeah, one you... place on my bucket list is to go to Japan. So. Okay, uh, Sean, you went until do my 13-part series about medieval Nigeria. Yeah. That's yes, but that's it. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, that with, with, with my African history, I know a bit of the colonial stuff. I know a bit of what went on in the wars. Um, yeah. But I don't really know, should we say, the, the sort of prehistory before it became yeah, exactly. As it, colonized, happened, you know, whereas what, what happened you before probably white know all about up. the different, you know, the different... Um, so yeah, so there's, there's, well, there's you see that, that, that's the scary thing about it. I don't know that much because so much of it kind of got wiped out and got suppressed. So yeah, you, I guess that's so, it, yeah. so so you have to go you have to go really digging for it because you know the whole thing yeah, about you're history digging for it, yeah. about history being written by the victors and it's like if we colonized you you had no history before we showed up you were you were <laughs> you were savages who were all sniffing your own bums before we showed up you had nothing you didn't even know what civilization was and we had to come and civilize you. Uh, I'm going to stop before I, get, I think. I think, really to me, I think to me, I mean, you said, I know we're going back a few years now, but Wakanda, I yep. think, was, you know, how, if it hadn't, and I mean, I don't want to get into politics like that, but if <laughs> that hadn't have happened, I, you, you know, do you know what I mean? Africa would be developed and be... Be, I think you know, that, that, that is a big part of what they did when they tried to set up Wakanda. They, they were essentially asking themselves, what would have happened if an African country had never been colonized? I mean, yeah, and that, that's, that's, what they were trying, that's what they're trying to do. And there's, that, that's a question that I could go for, for days about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so how many stars would we give? Um, this is the best Japan? documentary I've seen for a long, long time. Oh, so wow. I'm going to get this. And every episode is good. Every episode is watchable. And so yeah, so this is this is a solid five, and I think this must be one of the first fives I've given to a streaming service. I would have to agree. I mean, I think you gave Mad Mad God, you gave Mad God five. That was for Shudder. Yeah, yeah, that so, was, yeah, but that was more a film rather than a series. I don't think. I've oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. So good point. So the first the first series that you've given a five to. Oh yeah, that's yeah. probably true. All right, cool. And now I okay, so it's over to me, over to me, and I will take it up and talk talk with the thing that I have watched, and I have finished watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Now, Sean, I don't know if you, I'm not sure if you ever saw Brooklyn Nine Nine, but this was a. It's, I, I wish I, I did. You ever have you ever watched Brooklyn Nine Nine? 
Um, no, I haven't. But um, I've, I've heard of it, obviously, and I've seen it. So. Okay. So, so Brooklyn Nine Nine is a it's a show, and the whole idea it's a it's a comedy show, and the whole idea is that it's it's based in a police station, in a precinct, police precinct. Toast. Yeah. Was there a thing called Reno Nine One One as well? There was a show called Reno Nine One One. Yeah, that was that was ooh, oh good lord, that show is probably almost twenty years old now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably almost twenty years old, but um, but yeah. So Brooklyn Nine Nine is a is set in a fictional police precinct in Brooklyn. So there is no Ninety Nine precinct in Brooklyn, but it, but that's where it's set in. And when you're introduced to the characters, though, this is season seven. I'm talking about is the seventh is the seventh and final season. I'm talking about when the, you were introduced to all these characters all the way back in season one. You had um, Andy Samberg, you have um, Terry Crews, Melissa Fumero, Stephanie Beatrice, and uh, Andre Braha. And it's, it's essentially a workplace comedy set in a police station. And I remember saying about this show, I remember saying to somebody, they were like, okay, what are the classic, what are the new classic comedies? And this was probably around about season two, season three. I was like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And they're like, no way, talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No way, no way. <laughs> but, but now I think it is largely accepted that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of the gems of, of modern comedy. And, it's, and it's, it's quite difficult, I think, to do comedy well. It's quite difficult to do a comedy that like, you know, carries on and actually has something to say and all that. But, uh, but Brooklyn and I nails it. I mean, the, um, the characters that they have and the way they all bounce off it against each other, Joe Lutrugio as, as, um, as Boyle, uh, as Boyle or Captain Holt, you have um, Scully and Hitchcock. And you know when you have a show and you just have a cast of characters and the characters are just perfectly formed and they perfectly play off against each other, where you, yeah. could just, you could just sit down and watch these characters be these characters for ages. Like I think in some of the Marvel movies, some of the Avengers movies, they've hit that uh, balance just right. Where you, you just, yeah. you're like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care if you have a bad guy to fight. I mean, I just love hearing you guys talk to each other. And the same thing that they do with, um, with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And in the seventh season, the seventh season was one that was interrupted by COVID. And then Black Lives Matter happened. And as you can imagine, the, the public opinion about what policemen are like in America changed. So they actually, they had, I think they, apparently they had finished filming about four episodes and they had to scrap those four episodes. And they had to go, what is this show now? Because of everything that has happened, you have the racism things, you have police brutality, you have the fact that police are not exactly, they're not exactly the upstanding citizens that you think they are. How do we actually tackle that? And I think in this season, they, have, they had a very, very difficult job to do. Making a show that was a comedy with all these knockabout characters in the wake of Black Lives Matter in America. And <laughs> I, think, I think they nailed it. Because really? they, yeah. I think they nailed it because they actually go and they, they address a whole bunch of things to do with police brutality and police corruption and all that. And you have police officers who have been police officers throughout the whole of this show. And they say, I can't be a police officer anymore because we're not doing anything. We're part of the problem. We can't, I just can't keep doing it. And I think that the way, but at the same time, they, they stay true to the characters. They bring in motifs from earlier. And because it's the final season, they have cameos from characters from previous seasons and they bring them back in in ways that I just, that just left a big stupid smile on my face. I mean, oh, when, yeah, when Chelsea Peretti shows up as Gina Linetti again, you're just kind of like, oh, of course they had to bring her back. And, when, and there's certain things that they just do in this, in this season that just make me think, I'm going to miss this show. I'm really going to miss this show. Oh. And I think, um, 
the Andre Brauher because he plays Captain Raymond Holt, who you find out quite early on in the first season. He's he's a captain and he he's the new captain. He's no nonsense. He has pretty much no sense of humor, and he's oh, and th so the things that you find out about him that he's gay, he's black, he has no sense of humor, and he's <laughs> like you know, uh, but, and he's been held back in his in his career because of being black and gay. And, guy, yeah. uh, but but, but the fact the fact that you, when you get to the seventh season and you see the way he changes and there's one particular uh, they have this thing called a heist and every uh, every season they have a heist episode where all the police officers are playing a game where they're trying to outsmart each other to become crowned like the genius and they come up with <laughs> and they come up with this one the heist and it's going to be the final heist and the way they do it and everybody's character motivations and the beginning of the heist episode the way there's a bit where they. It doesn't make any sense if you haven't watched it, but they end up you end up with Jake, Amy, and Captain Holt in a bathroom, all going nine nine at each other. <laughs> and it is stupid, it is silly, and it is joyous. I, <laughs> I'm just kind of I'm like this is amazing. I miss this show. I think it's great that they ended it when they yeah. ended it before it became. But I mean, seven years they did well. And I understand why they've done it, but it's the kind of show that if they were going to bring this back in ten years and say where were these characters at in ten years' time, I would not even be mad. I would just, I would just want to see what are they up to, what crazy stuff had, did they get up to I, I, after after the show ended. Yeah, I, I think that's it. If you get a show like that and the characters seem to work with each other, which I mean, God, and, yeah. and you nailed it, with, you, you nailed it with like the um, with the Marvel films because I always think like Iron Man and Doctor Strange have always got it's sort of. It's a mutual respect, but it's also there's, there's you know needle. What I mean? or, yeah, there's like, needle. Like, you know, Thor and Star Lord. You know what I mean? They've got that. They've got that. You know, and I really, yes, really yeah. I think that works really, really well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I think they they've got that Brooklyn Nine Nine gets its characters right, gets the cast of characters right, and it just nails it. And I love them for it. I absolutely love them for it. So final season of Brooklyn Nine Nine, I would give it a four. I would. I would give five, season seven of Brooklyn Nine a four. I thought it was brilliant. So four stars for Brooklyn Nine Nine. And Sean, back to you. What what else have you been watching that you want to talk okay, about? Okay, well, I watched. Um, I watched. I uh, managed to watch it on Disney round because I mean I got a friend Nigel who I pop round to see, and he's like the big Star Wars fan because we played this game called Star Wars Legion, which oh, yeah? is a bunch of us, which is like you know like twenty eight millimeter models with, and we had a game. And Leia died, and Pan died, and the Emperor died, and everybody, Boba Fett. Anyway, let's cut. But this was a series, so Obi Wan. So anyway, the series oh, which is Obi, on Disney, Obi Wan Plus, Kenobi, Obi -Wan. Yes. the latest Star yeah, Wars Obi -Wan series. Kenobi, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so okay, so here we go. So Obi Wan, six episodes, um, hour long. The first, the first episode. First, if we could do this episode by episode, it would it would be quite good. I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to see it. Well, you're probably not for a long time. But anyway. It starts off, starts off, whoa, this is, this is good, man. This is, this is good. The first, first episode, <laughs> whoa, this is like totally, totally good. Um, and the second episode's okay. Third and fourth, yeah, they sort of, they sort of, I don't know, to me, they don't, they don't tie in with the, with the, with the actual movies. There's some yep. discrepancies that I've got, but. I mean, the um, and there. I guess I guess the problem with this is that it's supposed to tie in with the movies because this it's supposed, supposed to tie in with the movies. This is yeah, supposed to be set in what Obi Wan Kenobi does in between the end of Revenge of the Sith and the beginning of A New Hope. And the beginning of A New Hope, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, and there's some bits which, when I think back to the original films, I think, wow, yeah, did, 
could that have happened from what people have said and different things that are going on? Yep. But yep. That, that, that's not to detract from the action and the characters. And, you know, it's, 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 it's full of action. So like you'd expect, uh, but it's sort of, for me, it gradually sort of <laughs> became, it's one of those ones is such a shame. Let me down. Um, yeah. You know, it's so, but I think that can happen sometimes. I sat in with with a few of the few of the series, isn't it? But it started yeah. off with a bang. Really, yeah. really started yeah. off with a bang. And just that, I mean, I would watch that first episode again because it was so good. Okay, okay. So now, Sean, you see, this is the thing because obviously this is on Disney Plus is a Star Wars series, and so what they've been doing and what Disney Plus do with these series is that they release one episode a week. So that yes. means that the six episodes this this show has been going has been out for about six weeks now. So mm. over a month. I haven't seen a single episode on it. And no. I'm somebody who, I would have counted myself as a Star Wars fan, but I never liked the idea of this show when they first mentioned it. I was like, why? Why are you going back? Why does every character need to have every single bit of their life filled in? This doesn't make any sense. This mm. is going to be, and for me, I just had no expectation for this. It's, my, my expectation for this is so in the toilet because I feel like it is a money grab. It is nothing yeah. new. It is going yeah. over old ground. It is, and for that, and when I, and everything I heard about this just made me think, no, they were like, Darth Vader's gonna be in it. I was like, oh, Hayden Christensen is coming back to play Darth Vader. Oh, <laughs> I mean, everything I heard about this just made me think, no, I don't want to watch it. So in six, in six weeks, I have not been able to muster up any enthusiasm to press play on obi-wan kenobi even oh. though disney plus has been yelling at me telling me obi-wan kenobi i'm like get lost i'll watch <laughs> i'll watch miss marvel instead and yeah, yeah and oh so what you've told me about is that starting off with a bang and then it's sort of tailing off and then becoming disappointing it just sounds like what i expected and and yeah. we were talking earlier about there being so much stuff to watch and quite frankly I feel like at the moment I have better things to do with my time and I have other things to watch with my time than, yeah, yeah. A, than a retread of Star Wars and Disney just trying to steal more money from me by telling me yeah. stuff that doesn't need to be told. Because after yeah. the book of Boba Fett, I am, I am so close to done. I am so close to done with Star Wars after the book of <laughs> yeah. Boba Fett. I, I, I mean, I, the, the only thing, I, I want to see what they do with Mandalorian in season three, but apart from that, um, I, I'm almost out. Yeah, I, I can understand everything you say. To me, it is, uh, you know, a bit of a money grab. But then it's like we said with the, with the new, the actual new films, maybe they're just trying to get a new audience. You know what I mean? They're trying to get a, a younger audience in because, and I don't think they've done enough. You know, like with the Marvel, with, with the Marvel, I know we keep going back to Marvel. Is, yeah, because they're, 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 really they're, the, they're the standard setters nowadays. They, for, they, for blockbuster stuff, they're the standard setters. They put enough in their movies to keep the old timers happy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They put enough. They they put enough in there for people that are fans of the comics to just you know. They, there's enough there. They, they they acknowledge the fact that there are older people and it's not totally new. Whereas I think what the Star Wars uh, universe has done is they've sort of tried to totally, you know, remake it. If 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 you see what I mean for for people like us, you know. Well, yeah, but but it's not even that. It's not even that. It's not that they've tried to remake it. And I think if they, let's say they were going forward and they were telling you new stories and they're trying to remake it, fine. My problem is that they're going back to stuff that has already been set up and they're trying to remake that. <laughs> that, mm, that yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're going yeah. back and they're doing stuff that doesn't necessarily make sense with what we already have. They're going back and they're messing yeah. with stuff yeah. that 
is supposed to be established. They're going yeah, back yeah. and they're messing with Solo and they're trying to tell you yeah. all about all these dice that Han Solo has on the Millennium Falcon. I'm like, what the heck? I've watched like nine movies to this point. I have never, never seen uh, some dice on the Millennium Falcon thing. And then you now try and do that in Solo and then you now try and put them in like episode nine and try and tell no. me this. And I'm like, no, no, no get lost. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, you're right. You're and, and right. So, uh, if you're going to go forward and you're going to have like new characters and you're going to have a new world and you're going to try and say stuff, fine. But you're trying to go back and you're trying to come up with all this new stuff in new milieus and like trying to make things where things are dark and people are dying, but in the old world of Star Wars where things are already established. And I just think, um, for me, I'm just like, no. I mean, they're doing it with Andor. They're, you know, the, uh, the character from, from um, Rogue One. The right, guy okay, character yeah. played by Diego Luna, Andor. Yeah. He's getting his own series. And like, mm -hmm. so you're going back to the stuff we already know. <laughs> Forget about that. Forget and, about and, it, yeah. Yeah, and, it would. And, and that's why I know it's a controversial movie and I know a lot of people don't like it. And that's why one of the reasons why I still really like and respect The Last Jedi. Because for, if nothing else, it was trying to move things forward. Forward, yeah. And no, no, trying no, no. to agree, do something totally new. Yeah. And, yeah. But uh, anyway, I've gone on to a Star Wars rant. How many stars would you give Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to give this one a three. Okay, I'm going to give this one a three. It started off, it started off with a bang and went out with a whimper. So, yeah. um, um, you know, my own opinion. Uh, so, yeah, so three star, three star on the whole. It, it, it doesn't sound like anything that I did not expect. No, no, you're not missing anything, Toast. What you said and what you explained to me, yeah, there's other things to watch. And if I'd have known, I'd have watched other things. <laughs> I think it, I think uh, the only reason I would watch it is if people came back and were like, oh my God, did you know about this moment? Where blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then I'll be like, yeah. okay, fine, rubbish, and I have to watch yeah. it now. But so far, I'm like, no, nothing I've heard has made yeah. me think I need to watch this. All right, cool. So now we go back to me and something that I have seen. And the next thing I am bringing to the party, this is me trying to work my way through all of Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, this this is a TV show called The After Party. And I spoke a little bit about this last week before the, the show finished. Um, and I was talking about The After Party. And this is a whodunit for the new generation. It is created by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Well, actually by Chris Miller, who are the guys who were behind the Lego movie. They were behind Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They were behind the reboots of 21 and 22 Jump, Jump Street. So, and they, speaking about Star Wars, they were originally the ones who were on Solo before they got fired because they were trying to do something too different and replaced by Ron Howard, who gave you a by the numbers thing. And so these guys have a real, I, I really like the sensibility. I like the way they go about doing things. They take things that you think you know. You think like, oh, we're going to reboot a TV show from the 90s about um, policemen who pretend to be teenagers and they turn it on his head. <laughs> I still think 22 Jump Street is one oh. of the most, it's one of the most laugh out loud. It, it, it really is, yeah. It's great. I, I, was, I was like, it, it, it does not, it did not, does, oh, not what, it had no right. It had no right being that good. It had no yeah, right yeah, being yeah. that funny. I can't believe that you've done a remake of something and you've done something this good with this. So these guys, if you tell me that Chris Lord and Phil Miller are involved, I am willing to, I'm willing to watch it. And this is essentially a whodunit. So think like Agatha Christie, think your Hercule Poirot, think, think like all that kind of stuff. And the, the, the premise behind it, the reason it's called the after party is because it's based around a high school reunion. So all these guys, they go to a high school reunion and the first thing you ever you see when the show starts, says the after party and then this, this guy played by Sam Richardson, 
he sort of drives up to the high school reunion. He's looking on his phone and there's a text from somebody obviously who he used to go to school with who's like, I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the reunion. And he's like, don't worry, this is going to be great. Nothing can destroy this night. And then the next shot you see is somebody falling from the balcony of like, you know, one of these Hollywood <laughs> Hills homes, yeah. falling from the balcony and falling all the way onto the rocks on the beach below. Then a police officer shows up. Police officer shows up played by Tiffany Haddish. And she is here. She's the one who's, who's, um, who, who's going to figure it all out. And she's going to solve this whole thing. They're told, they're told, okay, all of you people, none of you are allowed to leave. So you have all these characters, the way, like, the same way you have in uh, Agatha Christie novel, you have all these characters who are in this house, who have been in this house overnight. And she's going to try and figure out who the killer is, who, who's done this thing. The twist with this is that each, so the way she does is that she gets each character to come into a room and they tell her, their version of the story. They tell her their version of the night. What happened this night? But with but and she the way she says it, she's just like, I'm gonna tell you to, I'm gonna get you to tell me your mind movie. And each one of them comes in and they they tell her their version of the story, but each story that they tell is like a totally different genre. So oh, the first oh, wow. So the first guy who comes in, he's like she's like, why are you here? Because he's the one that everybody thinks did it. Because all the evidence, all the first all the surface level evidence seems to point to this guy doing it. And then the first guy who comes in, he's like, I came here for love. And his, the way he saw the whole <laughs> evening is a rom-com. It's a straight up rom-com with everything. And the lighting is all rom-com-y and all that kind of stuff. And then the next person they bring in and they say, okay, you tell us your story. And he's like, and in his head, his, his, his version of the evening is like a Fast and Furious movie because he thinks he's so cool. <laughs> Then the next person comes in and their version of the evening is like a musical. The next person, the next person comes in and their version of the, and it, and so each episode is like a totally different genre. Each episode is a totally different genre that, that plays around with it. And then you get to the end and then you have, you, you even have the whole thing where everybody's in the room and they're like, okay, gather everybody in the living room, gather everyone in the living room and everyone's in the living room. And then they are going around and she's saying, this is the way it is, this is who it is, until you find out who actually did it. So I... Wow, that sounds, that sounds great. That sounds like Schmigadoon, but for, for films, you know. <laughs> a, a, bit, a bit like that. I mean, what, yeah, there's, there's a musical episode. There's a musical episode in this one. And, and it is, and it is, it's, and so it's obviously these guys, they, they know they're Agatha Christie. They know they're sort of whodunits and they're playing with that. They are playing with that whole thing of what you expect from a whodunit boy, like a modern oh, one. Great. And I think, I think it's really, really good. And I think if for, for film buffs and such, seeing the different types of films that they are playing, there's a bit where they go all French new wave. And, <laughs> and it's like, and it's, oh, I've seen the different kind of film genres that they're playing with. It is great. It's wonderful. It is so much fun, and I would totally, totally recommend the app, the after party on Apple TV Plus. It's coming back for a second season, but I'm, I'm going to see how they're going to have to do it to top this one. But the mm. after party season one, at the moment, as we look at how, it, how many episodes are there? So sorry, you probably did, did tell me. But... Uh, I think it's eight or nine. Eight or nine episodes, right? Yeah, it's, it's eight or nine episodes, and if I remember correctly, I think they're all about half an hour. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, they, they... I, I don't, I don't think they're that long. And, and it, but the thing is like you have all sorts of different characters. You have like the jock or the person who was a jock in high school. You have the people who are the nerds. You have the person who nobody ever notices. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, it's really good. So I would say the after party. Try it out. Right. Okay. Cool. So now we are going. How to many carry stars? On. Did you give it stars? A uh, stars. Uh, four stars. Four stars. Four for stars. The after party. Brilliant, brilliant. That sounds that sounds really good. I like the sound of that. Yeah, I think it's something that I reckon it, well, on Apple TV Plus, and I reckon that both you and Sharon, and I'm pretty sure Holly would like it as well. So, um, Sean, back to you for what you have seen recently. Okay, well, I watched, which was really quick going, it was one of those short episodes, I watched Man vs. Bee, 
Roman versus V. <laughs> again, again on Netflix, they're about ten minutes. These these episodes. Um, I think there's eight of them. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's, it starts off where uh, Rowan Atkinson's in court and saying, "Oh, you know." <laughs> anyway, and then it goes on to tell the whole story. Basically, what Rowan Atkinson he becomes a house sitter, so he's a yeah. house sitter for this super super rich couple you know, the place is the place is fabulous it's like yeah. you know all, all high tech and it's like one of those houses at the end of grand designs yeah 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 that's it yeah. exactly yeah 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 it's, it's a bit like john wick's house but multiply yep. that by 10 anyway so you know it's got like all the security features so he's really really nice he's just he you know he's um he's uh they could go through all the things oh yeah you know this is the number for for this if you want to get locked out but you can you can voice activate it if you forget the number you can voice activate it so you yeah, can imagine yeah. what's going to happen and then anyway so he's there and he's all settled down and that he's, he's gets, got himself some food out and this little bee comes along so and each of the episodes it's obviously him trying to catch the bee he starts off being you know trying to be quite gentle like with a with a we're catching it in a cup and trying to yeah take it out and obviously gets locked out and stuff and this whole thing and <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can't really say too much about each episode without giving away spoilers. But yeah, so basically, it just escalates. You know what I mean? He tries different yep. different ways to do it. You know, and yep. there's, so you can imagine there's all sorts of all sorts of things going on with things getting. <laughs> like, oh, well, a... it, yeah, I mean, the thing with this show, right, is that when I heard the title "Man vs. B," it sounded like the perfect marriage between Mr. Bean and one particular episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah, <laughs> where where Breaking Bad, like you know, um, uh, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Like Walter White. Walter White gets obsessed with getting rid of this fly that's contaminating his area, and it just escalates and escalates. But that always that's dramatic. But when I hear that, I hear I think if you put Mr. Bean in that situation, that's probably what this show is going to be. And we actually started watching this. We started watching this. Well, we're about halfway through the first episode, and my wife Claudia got to the point where she went. No, no, I can't watch it. It's, it's all going to go wrong. It's all going to go wrong. It's, it's too cringe. It's too cringe. I, I, she, she couldn't handle it. So she just stopped watching it. But yeah, so yeah. Yeah, but I, I can imagine it escalates. There's going to be a lot of slapstick. And I can imagine that by the end of all these episodes, the house, shall we say, will not be in the same same situation in which he found it. Yes, yes, basically, <laughs> yes. It's like, um, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I'd love to give a spoiler, but I can't really. It's just like, so you can imagine, you know, you know, like you get these heist movies where they're going after particular things, like particular yes, yes. paintings and particular ornaments and things, you know. And so you can imagine that, like, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, if someone needs a particular, they're like, oh, is that the, is that what we got? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't, look, doesn't look like there's nothing like the pictures. And there's, you know, like you said, well, I mean, you can obviously understand what's going to happen, but there's one bit that I was in absolute hysterics because it reminded me of an actual real. A real situation that I remember was in, and the expression was on this chap's face that, that broke this thing was just the same as, as this face. Like, oh, do you know what I mean? I know especially what you mean. when they've yeah, been yeah. told, especially when someone's been told, oh, don't, you know, that's that's worth that. That's that's really uh -oh. expensive. Yeah, yeah don't, that's really expensive. That's really you just know you just know what's you going to happen, happening, you know? and it's just yeah. like the face. <laughs> what do I do? So yeah, and I I, I, I quite sympathize with and I, I also think that some of the things he tries to do is not too silly you know it's like yeah like fixing things if you're going to fix things you've got uh you know you hope you're gonna you know do it right so yeah so and it and it was really good it's 
it's great that the episodes are so short and you could you could probably watch it all in one sitting and it's yeah you know it's it's uh it's uh well, it because, is. It's, it's quite a good fun thing. Yeah, because whenever but, you try and do something like this that's a bit slapstick, it can go really well or can go really badly. It all depends on the performance and the performers and how they do it. And always, this is Rowan Atkinson, who is probably one of the few people in the world who I think can pull off this concept. Who can who can pull off yeah, versus beat? Yeah. I think he's one of the few people in the world who can do it. But uh, but how how did he do? How many stars would you give it? Uh, I'd give this one a four because I really enjoyed it. You know, and as I say, it's a quick. You can watch it in one setting, and it is quite fun. And I did have some laugh out moments, which is quite unusual for me in my normal critical head on. You know, like yeah, I, I know, quick. I know, sure. I, I, this is the thing. Like you know, when you said that, I'm like actually. Forget of watching Man vs. B. I wanted to be in a room and watch you watching Man, Man vs. B to, <laughs> to see to see your reaction to these moments. I want to see this. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So this the, the, you know yeah. It's a good it's a good watch. This it's a good fun watch. And as I say, I did laugh. I did actually laugh out quite quite loud in a couple of places. And what I mean is, oh, like they're over exaggerated. But there are situations where that type of thing could possibly happen in real life if you yeah. if you know what i mean it's it's, it's plausible it's not it's I, not I, beyond I, the realms of, of silliness the, i mean the the setup for this show setup for this show reminds me of did you ever see a show i mean you you must have seen this show but it was a 70s 80s show called some others do have them some others do have them yeah some others yeah, do yeah, have yeah, them yeah, with yeah, frank yeah, and yeah, there's ooh, the, Betty. The, yeah, ooh, Betty. <laughs> and, and he had uh, there was one episode he has where they go to this house of the future and the final, and they're showing off this house of the future, and the final scene of this episode is him driving away, and the house is on fire, everything is malfunctioning, because Frank Spencer was just this accident-prone person where everything that he did fell apart. And, and I always sympathize with Frank Spencer, because when I was a kid, my mom used to call me Frank Spencer. Because he was like, you just break everything. It just goes. So when you have like oh, something slapstick where you have somebody that just doesn't, can't catch a break and things just keep going wrong around them, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I might not even be laughing. I might just be. I might just be identifying hard. So, <laughs> so Man versus B is something that I think I will. I will get around to watching. So now we come on to the final, the final thing that we're going to talk about this week, and that is Ted Lasso season two. Because I have the the I mean there was a time right when I remember I I you know how so on the, on this show every now and then we have ideas and we sometimes the ideas are you know are just going to give us trouble and we don't have enough time to do them. You talk about doing your five minute rants about films like spoiler rants and we're talking about doing like you know us. I'm sorry we didn't recognize you. Because we realize that there are all these pictures that Sean keeps coming up with. We invariably know the man, but we don't know the woman in the pictures of the film. And so we wanted to do like another series to sort of like give you a, give the woman her due and tell you all about, we wanted to do that. And one of the ideas that I had for a podcast, I mean, even this podcast, when we came with the idea Netflix is a cinema, I mean, we, we've had ideas for podcasts that we've done over the years from they don't make them like they used to, all that kind of, and um, one of the ideas I had was late to the party, which was people are going to watch something and they're going to rave about this. And the reason that I came up with this idea was because of Game of Thrones. So Game of Thrones, everybody was watching that show and everybody was raving about it and talking about how great Game of Thrones was. And I hadn't watched anything. And by the time I started watching Game of Thrones properly, it was probably on season five. Uh, and so I, w I thought about, yeah, I could do something called Late to the Party, where I watch stuff after it's gone through the public consciousness and I go, let's go watch about it. And this is a bit like me with Ted Lasso season two, because the origin originally Ted Lasso season two was released around about the time that my 
that uh, our original Apple TV Plus subscription ran out. And I was like, well, I'm not paying for it to watch that, even though I thought, even though I really, really like season one. But now that we have an Apple TV Plus five months free YouTube backlink card, I'm like, yeah, let's go back and watch it. And this show, I'm sure, I'm not sure, have you ever heard of Ted Lasso? I, I, I've heard the name, but I don't really know anything about it. Uh, all right, so there was a time, uh, th this, this, this character is probably, uh, is, you know, when I was talking about, I'm surprised at what they've done with, um, well, I, I was talking about something earlier in this episode where you're saying, it, oh yeah, 22 Jump Street, and you're saying that Jump Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, has, it has no right to be that good. And Ted Lasso is a character that, were, that they came up with because there was a point when ESPN got the streaming, or got the broadcast rights for the, for the English Premier League, for the Premiership to show in America. And they had all these adverts and the whole idea was, be, was that they, there's this American football coach called Ted Lasso who, who ends up being in charge of Tottenham Hotspur and knows nothing about football, knows nothing about England. And he would like, you know, he would be like, you know, oh, that's Gareth Bale. That's the guy who's going to Real Madrid, right? Yeah, yeah, he's English. He's like, no, he's Welsh. He's like, Welsh, how many countries are in this country? And then his assistant coach goes, there's four countries in this coach, <laughs> that kind of. And so it was, it was like a throwaway gag about oh, an American coming to take over an English football team. Ha ha, they know nothing. And they came up with a TV show. And they said, okay, now we're actually going to do a whole series about this American who comes over to take over a football team in England and knows nothing about football. And it's, and you, and I remember the first time I thought, oh, for goodness sake, cash grab. This is stupid. This makes no sense. Then people started raving about this show and talking about how it was great. And I, and I watched the first season and I was surprised. I'm like, this came from a commercial. This came from an advert. This came, this came from a one line thing. And they have spun it into one of the most heartfelt, kind TV shows ever. Because, wow. because the, if, you're going to, if you're going to sum up Ted Lasso in one word, it's kindness. So this guy comes over. He comes over to uh, England. He doesn't know anything about American football. His assistant coach um, is reading like a book on like the beautiful game on the plane over. They get into they get into England, and then he's and he he's obviously out of his depth. Everybody says he's out of his depth. He goes to like the 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 first ever news conference, and people are like, "Why are you here? You know nothing about football. What have you done again?" <laughs> well, and they they have this fictional football team called Richmond Richmond uh, AFC. Obviously, right. there is no Richmond AFC. But it's like, Richmond AFC, they're in the premiership, and he has to come and ha take over them. And in the second, but when the second season starts up, they've been relegated at the end of the first season, so they're now in the championship. And it's all about, the, but it's, this is not really about the football. It's not about the football. They're essentially taking a football team and turning it into a workplace comedy. So if you're coming here for realism, there's some things that don't quite work. And there's some, right. things that, there's some things that you can see, this was obviously written for an American audience, but they have tried to make it as English as possible, but it's written for an American audience. Like there's, there's one uh, particular um, episode where there's, a, there's an, uh, a Nigerian footballer. There's a Nigerian footballer on the, on the team and he gets a text from his, from his dad. And I was looking at the language, I was going, that's American language. The, no Nigerian that I know will use the word shill. Like, oh, you've become a corporate shill. I'm like, what the hell? No, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't ring true, but it's made for Americans and they've got to understand it. And so it's, and it's all about the, 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 and you can see there's a character in it called Roy Kent, who is so obviously based on Roy Keane. He is so, <laughs> he's so obviously based on Roy Keane. And if you, if you watch your football, if you, follow your foot, you can understand this. And they have this whole thing in the locker room and all that. And it's really, really great. And you have all these characters like Nate, who starts off the season one as, and he's like the boot, he's like the boot boy. But then Ted Lasso realizes he knows much about football and then it promotes him, promotes him. And then what happens with that? 
And I think the this is another one of those shows where they've just got their characters right. And oh, their scary. characters getting together. The, there's there's one particular character, there's one particular scene where they have all the women in the show. Not like in Marvel, where it was like, you know, totally hackneyed and it's like, she's not alone. Ta-da, look at us, Marvel, look at all the women we have. Not, not like that, please God, no. But they have all the women in the show just sat down in like in a, in a church having this conversation and the way the banter goes back and forth and the way they're talking and you just think, this is just so great and it's so supportive and Ted Lasso is just so kind-hearted and is always trying to do the right thing but even though he's always trying to do the right thing the, the show doesn't the show doesn't shy away from the fact that sometimes there's bad things in life and it's about how do you deal with bad things in life when your when your philosophy is to be kind to everybody and to be kind about everything what about when people write bad things about you in the press what about when your wife wants to divorce you what about all these different things and mm. I think it is one of these shows that has a philosophy at the heart of it. And, it, and it's just be kind to people. And it is so well done that it does not come across as hackneyed. It does not come across as what the heck is this piece of nonsense. It just comes across as great. <laughs> and I think Ted Lasso is one of the great shows. It is, it is seriously <laughs> one of, especially when you think about where the, this character came from, when you, when you think about the fact that it was, it, it's, it's just, it's one of the great shows. And cool. it's a How bit many like, stars? Ooh, How many stars? Four. Four. Four stars. Four Ted stars. Lasso, done, we've done yeah. well today, haven't we? Yeah, Ted Lasso is a, is a straight up four star show. And, sh yeah. and Sean, I think you'd like it, if nothing else, for, the, for all the sort of football in-jokes that they okay. make. Because I reckon that this AFC, Wimbledon, uh, AFC Richmond is it's based on smaller premiership football clubs like Bournemouth, right. okay. like okay. like Bournemouth, right. like Crystal yeah. Palace, and everything like that. And I, I think I, it's it's really well done. Oh, the Christmas episode! Oh, the Christmas episode <laughs> is so dang touching. It, I might have uh, to try and catch that then sometime. Yeah, dude, dude, yeah, watch Ted Lasso. Watch Ted Lasso. It's, it is it is it, amazing. It's like we said though, Toes, There's so much, isn't there? There's so there is, there so is, much that you can watch. Absolute, you have to really be, you know. It's like books. People say, "Oh, you, do you want to buy this book? Do you want to read this book?" I'm like, oh, "No, I got hundreds." <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, essentially. I've, I've got to the point where I've been like, "Okay, if I'm doing something where I don't have to concentrate, I probably should be watching a TV show." Yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. the I'm doing the washing up. I'm watching a TV show. Um, I mean, it makes it difficult because I know you like when the football season starts, it becomes harder for you. Yeah. For yeah, me yeah. at the moment, Wimbledon's on. It becomes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it becomes harder for me. So it yeah, but it, it makes it difficult. But you you know you try and find everything. You're going to bed. You're watching something. You're going to the loo. You're trying to watch something. It, that's, it, 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 that's it. As I say, yeah. when the, when the football season starts again, it will be more difficult to because I'll be watching you know like the midweek games and things. And yeah. Yeah. So I think when, when we have a lull, we need to try and make as much of it as possible and try we and catch do. as much as we can. Yeah. But I think that is it for our streaming special because, yeah. because Marvel chased everybody out of the cinemas. So our streaming special this week, and I think it's no, well, Netflix and Friends have won this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have won this week. And they've done, they've done pretty well, to be fair, haven't they? They, they've done, they have they've done. Had quite a good, they've had quite a good, uh, quite a good run this, yeah. this episode. They, they've done pretty well. And even if we're going to go and say all the streaming services against each other. Netflix actually did get the highest score this week with yes, five stars yes. for Age of the Samurai Battle for Japan. So yes. anyway, until next week when we shall all have seen Thor Love and Thunder 
and we would have figured out what the link is between Sean's picture quiz. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about when I talk about Sean's picture quiz, please do go have a look at us on Facebook and on um, LinkedIn, no, not LinkedIn, on, on YouTube, where we always clip together the pictures that Sean has come up with for his picture quiz, where we're trying to guess who the film, what the film is, who the actors in the still are, and the new wrinkle, what is the link between all these films? Okay. Please let us know if you can figure it out. Find us oh, online. Yeah, if you could put the link up. This is, there, there's also a link with when you see, when for, for the guys you see, when you see Thor, you, 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 it might help you. Yep, there's a link in Thor that will help us figure this thing out. And, um, and uh, so until next, oh, until next week, it's a goodbye from me. Yep, and it's a goodbye from me. Uh, thank you very much. Leave us a five-star review wherever you got your podcast from. Bye. Bye.